Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I am so thrilled to be back right now. I could, if I could do a backflip, I'd do a backflip. Yes, thank you for a round of applause. You may notice my wife and my kids aren't here. They're over the COVID. They, they're tested like COVID-free, but Elsie is usually a morning riser, and she kept sleeping, so she's still resting. We're like, ah, just leave them at home and have them some rest. My wife texted, I'll miss your preaching. That's good. Thank you very much, Lord. My wife enjoys my preaching. Anywho, I got a couple announcements for us. One is it's January 23rd. Uh, Can you believe that? I can't believe that. I want to thank the children's ministry, uh, the team, for having donuts for me this morning. Uh, I'm on a sugar rush as well as very happy to be back. But if I fall asleep before my sermon, just wake me up. Sugar crash. Never mind. Is everybody okay? Okay. Okay, good. <sighs> Slow down a little. Just enjoy it for a second. We get to worship Jesus today, right? And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to worship Jesus with each and every one of you. And I'm really glad you're here today. Um, and I, I'll try not to drop my voice. I, every time Philip's going, what? why is he whispering? Why is he doing this? I'm going to try it. Okay, there it is, solid. January 30th, 
That's next Sunday. We have a congregational meeting directly after our service. It's called the annual meeting. And we get the, we get the book of everything that we've done over the past year, what God's been up to. Um, and then the Sunday after that, we're having our first in a long, long time Scout Sunday. Uh, the Boy Scouts have been meeting here since the year that we started as a church. So they're the same age that Troop 339 has been meeting here for the 60 years that we've been, 62 now, probably 61. Terrible math, even though I was a math major for six months. Um, so don't miss it. And if you know any scouts, and if you've ever heard of the Boy Scouts, bring them here. I have them in their scout uniforms, and it's also Communion Sunday. It's going to be kind of fun stuff. Have you, you may have noticed that, I don't know when this started. Nora, did you start last week when I wasn't here? Or two weeks ago? Nora's probably actually battening down the hatches or fixing the roof or something. But that's the Christ light. That's the one that's, that same light that's been burning for over a couple thousand years uh, over at Bethlehem. They light that candle and then they first started going to Europe and then for hundreds of years, they would bring, it would spread around Europe. And then September 11th, 2001, the towers go down. And this Boy Scout troop over, I think it was in Belgium, says, America needs that light too. So they start flying it over, and it lands in New York and makes its way west towards Christmas. You may say, how did we keep it burning? I blew out all the pilot lights on our oven and stove here. So all eight of them are that light. They were, I, I blew them out, and I lit them with that candle that had come across from Jerusalem. And so now we're going to light it from the stove, and it's right there. Right? Christ is here, right? Well, the candle doesn't make it so, but <laughs> you follow. You know, it's a good thing to celebrate, and I like little niche, coolie reminders that... There are people all over this globe that this is Resurrection Sunday. And that's for us. Let's enter in today, right? Let's have it in a new way. Let's uh, stand. I'll, I'll read us a call to worship from Psalm 29. And this is the Passion Translation. Proclaim his majesty, all you mighty sons of Yahweh, giving all the glory and strength back to God. Be in awe before his majesty, majesty. Be in awe before such power and might. Come worship wonderful Yahweh. Arrayed in all his splendor. Bowing in worship as he appears in the beauty of his holiness. Give him the honor due his name. Worship him wearing the glory garments of your holy priestly calling. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
At this time, I'd like to invite up the children and youth. Ev's in her PJs because it was PJ day in church today. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're just not enough or you're unable to do a task that's being asked of you maybe because you're not skilled in it? Can you think of a time maybe when you said, I just can't do it? I think we have all said that at one time or another. Maybe you said it when the coach asked you to play a new position for the first time or while you were trying to do your homework. We all found ourselves feeling defeated, saying, I just can't do it. Our Bible lesson today is about a man named Jeremiah. One day, God spoke to Jeremiah and said, Before you were even born, I chose you to be my prophet to all the nations. That's a tall order. Can you imagine being chosen by God to speak his words to all the nations of the world? Jeremiah answered, I can't. I'm not a good speaker. And besides, I'm too young. Don't say I can't, the Lord answered Jeremiah. If I tell you to go and speak to someone, then go. And when I tell you what to say, don't leave out a word. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth and said, I am giving you the words to say, and I am sending you with authority to speak to the nations for me. God called Jeremiah to a monumental task before he was even born. But he wasn't going to leave Jeremiah to do it all on his own. God also promised to give Jeremiah all the words he would need to speak. Just like God had some mighty big plans for Jeremiah, He also had some pretty big plans for you, too. He knows your name. He knew you before you were even born. And he has a plan for your life. There will be times in your life when God will come to you, as he did to Jeremiah, and ask you to do something important for him. He may call you to do something that feels difficult or maybe even impossible. You may feel you're too young, and you might even want to say, I just can't do it. But when that happens, remember what God said to Jeremiah. Don't say I can't. If God calls you to do something, he will reach out his hand and touch your life to give you the ability to do it. Pray with me. Dear Father, there may be some things in this life that we cannot do on our own. But we know that if you ask us to do something, you will give us the ability to do it if we trust in you. Amen. And at this time, all children and youth are dismissed. The gospel calls us to turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. And as we offer ourselves to him in penitence and faith, we renew our confidence and trust in his mercy. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Eternal God, our judge and redeemer. We confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong. We have lived for ourselves and depart from you. We have turned from our neighbors and refused to bear the burdens of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins and free us from selfishness, that we may choose your will 
and obey your commandments through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you and for me. Know today that in Christ Jesus, each one of us is forgiven. Amen.
hostile, I don't even know. Let me 
Yeah, that's excellent. Pick up the Jolly Rancher that was from my office. Jackson, did you watch Jackson during the children's message? You could just see the sugar crash, right? (laughs) Halfway through the children's message, he just lays down. And away I envy, right? That's awesome. That's excellent. We're in James, so we started James, and then I've been gone for two weeks, but we're still in James, and we're going to pick up where I left off. I don't know if you remember, but the name of the series is Jimmy Would Go, and it's a reference to uh, Eddie Would Go, and talk to any surfer about what that means. But as way to introduction to this morning's text, I'd love to read to you, actually I forgot the book right here, Earl Palmer says, and I agree with him, that the book of James is kind of like um, a person. Dude, I, I left my clip that clips this to the thing. So I'm going to fling my microphone off at some point this morning. And uh, it's good. Nobody's sitting in the front row. Very Presbyterian of y'all. <laughs> uh, but Earl Palmer, he says it's the book of James. He agrees with uh, that study Bible that I, I quoted from that says, you know, it's a, it's a cross between Proverbs and the Sermon on the Mount. But he says it's also like somebody, James, threw a, threw a pebble or a rock into a lake. And there's three ripples that kind of run throughout this whole epistle. And he says um, those three ripples are the first one he, he labels... Um, teaching about the nature of faith. And we're going to be learning a little bit about faith this morning. And as we sing going into this, let faith arise will hopefully mean something a little different after today's message than it did before. Let faith arise. Um, And then the second ripple, he says, the nature and character of God. And he actually, there's a little of that ripple in the text this morning. And then his third but final and not least important ripple is just um, pastoral advice. Like a, like a proverbial wise person saying, hey, watch out for this pitfall. Watch out for this detour. Because this world's tricky. And uh, yeah, so that's my introduction. And let's move. Hey. What's my message doing up here? Anyway, that's kind of fun. I was wondering where that was. <laughs> There's that little message remix. Just so everybody, this is Exhibit A in my sermon. No, I'm just 
for a lawyer. Anyway, I'm really fired up. I got to relax a little bit. And actually, actually I'm going to pray again. And I'm just going to, uh, yeah, God, I just pray that you'd slow me down. Uh, my, just, my excitement for being back amongst these folk is kind of overwhelming to me right now. I pray that you'd give me some of your peace that passes understanding that's found in Jesus Christ alone. And I pray that you would um, proclaim through your word what you want your people here in this local outpost of your kingdom to hear. May your words meet in a way that surprises all of us. And all God's people said, James chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 1, and I'm going to finish in verse 13. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the other one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become Judges with evil thoughts. Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised for those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not the, they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that is invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and say and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is the word of the Lord. Verse 1 and verse 5. James reminds us um, who we are. Beloved. In verse 5, brothers and sisters. A lot of times James gives a bad rap because all a lot of the other stuff I read this morning, it, it's, it's harsh, correct? 
It gets in your face. And I said the last time I was talking about James, it's a difficult book because it's so straightforward. And it's definitely written for the person that understands that you are saved not by anything you do. You are saved by what you believe and who you believe in. He's, he's talking post-Christianity 101. This book, at first, it kind of presupposes you understand God absolutely adores you. He loves you so much he gave his most valuable gift, and that was his one and only son, so that you might be with the Heavenly Father. And he picks up from there and he says, hey, I see that you are showing favoritism. You showing favoritism tells me you don't understand Christianity 101. Let me define a couple things for you. And let me start with faith. And before he starts defining with faith, he first says, Heavenly Father, he has a favorite type of person. And it's the same thing Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke. I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. God's favorite type of person is a person that realizes they need. In James, in this, what we read this morning, he puts that in the context of monetary wealth. God's favorite type of person is the poor. Mother Teresa caught on to this. You ever heard of Mother Teresa? <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I just wanted to lighten it. I'm looking out at everybody. A plus on listening. <laughs> Everybody's really like, oh, what's this guy? You guys are really actively listening. Maybe it's because it's so small. Uh, but I'm so proud of you. I don't know. This is awesome. We got a good connection. This is when God's spirit kind of flows the best through me. So A plus to you, and you're making that happen. Um, Mother Teresa said, everybody asks, what's, what's God want me to do? What's God's will? Where can I find God? Mother Teresa says, it's no secret. God's amongst the poor. And she gets that from this text. She gets that from all over Jesus saying, I came for the, the, the needy, the person that needs something. So he starts with that ripple of teachings, a little theology, and then he, he goes into faith. Oh, and before that, he, he mentions, and it's just simple logic. The rich people, the people that think they have it all together, those are the people that sue you. Right? It's a no-brainer. Don't... 
Who's been around people that have it all together? Do you want to be there? I do not. (laughs) Just because they have everything. You have nothing to give them. You have nothing to offer. James is just giving this simple no-brainer. He says, you know, God loves the person that recognizes they need. And the person that doesn't recognize they need, they're the ones out for themselves and they're the ones pushing you down. Infuse this into your idea as people come together for worship. Infuse this together with your idea, your thoughts as you spend time with the people that God places in your life. Don't spend your time chasing those that won't, don't want to be caught. It's simple logic. And then, he, and then he goes into the ripple of faith. And he sounds just like his, his stepbrother, Jesus the Christ, right? Holiness isn't about doing this and not doing that. It's about faith. And it's about correcting your idea and your understanding of what faith belief means. Divine Conspiracy, the book by Dallas Willard, changed my life. And it changed my life simply, well, a couple ways. It taught me kingdom theology, kingdom of God theology through Jesus Christ, you know. And then it also taught me this idea of our beliefs drive us. Your real belief drives you. What you say out of your mouth has nothing to do with what you believe. If you say it with your mouth and your body does something different, you don't believe what you just said with your mouth. You believe what your body just did. Hitler killed millions of Jews because his belief went down to the middle of his core and he didn't believe that Jewish people were the same or worth as much as everyone else. His belief was what was dangerous. His belief is what made him evil. And we have a bunch of people that have this idea that if I believe something, like I say something, like I know the right answer on a test... Oh, yes, I believe Jesus is king. If you say Jesus is king, you say, I believe that Jesus is king, you no longer own anything that you possess. You say Jesus is king, it's like saying Jesus is Lord. It's like saying Jesus is master, I am slave. I don't say what I do, my king does. I don't say what I think about things. My king does through me. Do you follow? Sorry if I sound angry. (laughs) But I'm not angry. I'm excited. I'm passionate. I'm, I'm fired up for this corrective because James gets it in a way that we need to hear it. He, he, and he uses the illustration of favoritism. And he says, in the same way Amos, remember, have you ever read Amos? God says through Amos, if you don't give money to the poor, you should stop singing how you like God. Shut your mouths. 
it would be better if you shut up because you're saying you like God and you're not acting like you like God. You're not loving like God loves you. And James translates that to people like favoritism. Somebody walks in looking good. Somebody walks in looking needy. We put on earthly eyes, even though we're saying, oh, yeah, we're Christians. We're Christians. Well, yeah, we love, we love whatever God loves. And then we look at the rich person and we say, oh, I want to be friends with that person. And the poor person walks in and you say, I don't want that. He says, you're not only making a fool of Christianity, you're making God angry. How dare you take the mercy of the Father that has been bestowed upon you and not translate it into having mercy for anyone who walks in front of you? You're not understanding belief. You're not understanding that faith means putting these ideas, these beliefs, and allowing the Spirit of God to put them at your core and be your engine, be your rudder. Be your driving force. Being your lens in which you, you choose whether you do this or whether you do that. I don't know where I am in on this thing. <laughs> he quotes his brother. I got that. It's about heart. It's about belief. It's about faith. I got that. And then he ends with, be careful because... If you don't have mercy, it doesn't matter what you think you believe. You're not, you might end in a very terrible place. This is, this is soul stuff. This is eternal stuff. That's, that he's talking about. This is about, and he, he's, it can be very frightening, but it can be very encouraging also because who can change your heart? Can you change your own heart? Corny, thank you very much. There's a lot of people thinking the right answers because it's Presbyterian. We are, we are, they don't want to hear from me. I want to hear from you. Can, can you change your own heart? I'm, a heart, I'm not a heart surgeon. Yeah, like, even if you've changed your physical heart, that's not what he's talking about, right? He's talking about the spiritual core. He's actually talking in Jewish terms about the belly, about the gut. And... It's scary until you realize it's absolutely the opposite of scary because who's in control? God. Who's the only one that can change your heart? God. Who's the only one that can change like your belly and your, and your soul and graft things in, uh, into you that you, you surprise, you're surprised that you do it. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I'll take a, a, a really small example. I got COVID, right? I'm, I'm stuck at home. You know, I tested positive. My COVID barely hit me. I said, I, I, I pray that people have, if they get COVID, they have it like I do. And Carter said, why don't you just pray they don't get it? 
I was like, that's right. That's probably what I should pray. But if they do get it, they should get it like mine because it was nothing. It was, I just missed you. That was my main, that was my main problem. I missed being amongst you folk and I missed you like crazy. But I was also, I was stuck at home and I just tested clear and I was like, okay, this is cool. Eric Wayman comes over. He's the pastor. He's the pastor that hooked me up with the, the Christ light. He's the pastor of Lighthouse. And he brought me soup. He brought me soup. And I was like, this is... And I find out it was his birthday. What? I wrote him a note and I said, you're a better pastor than me. <laughs> he is better looking and he's... Have you seen Eric Wayman? Anyway, I don't want to get way off. But him ministering to me... The, lit the fire reminding me what this is about. I'm saying I'm a shepherd. I'm saying I'm a pastor. I found out Hector and Delilah got COVID. What did I do? Spirit shows up inside me, and I kind of ripped it off from Eric Wayman, but I brought him, because they were having trouble finding some tests, so I got some homeschool tests, or the... Uh, those COVID tests, those at-home tests from our homeschool group I lead. And I brought them over to Hector and Delilah and soup. Right? And you think, no, I'm the jerk guy that doesn't really think of people more than himself. And then you realize that this is as easy as God seriously, I don't want to say things, I want you to do things through me. I want you to change my heart. I don't want to just go about the day and have this day look like every other day. I want my day to be guided and directed by you, King Jesus, and I want to say to this every, every morning, come in, give me a heart transplant, and help me love like you love. Help me have mercy on people like you've had mercy on me. And then, just like the proverbial wise author that James is, he gives us something to just hang on to. Have you ever do rock climbing? He gives us a handhold. And all you need is a handhold some days, right? Just to pull yourself out of bed and say, hey, let's, let's just think of this, guys and girls. Mercy beats Judgment. That's his, that's his catchphrase. That's his, his handhold. That's his, how do I get into the kingdom? How do I get my heart so it's transplanted and it cares for what God cares for and not what I care for? How do I separate and stop being somebody that says they believe something and actually, actually has that belief change them from the inside out? Just repeat over, over like a mantra, like a, like a Jewish saying. Mercy beats judgment. Mercy beats judgment, right, Susan White? Everybody say that. Mercy beats judgment. What do you, it's simple. This world wants to judge you. Everybody's judging everybody. Everybody's saying all these things. And I get all these ideas that people are judging me and have all these thoughts of me. And that's not true. This is also a way to test reality. 
Whose opinion matters? There's one person and one person alone. It starts with G, ends with O-D. God. His opinion of you matters. That's it. And like James said earlier, what is his opinion of you? You are his beloved. You are the apple of God's eye. You're all he thinks about. You're all he wants to be with. He absolutely adores you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many times you're going to blink today. He knows how many times your heart is going to beat in your lifetime. He knows your favorite song. He knows what you smell like. Sorry to make somebody giggle. But you know, like I love the way my wife smells, right? God loves me that way too. He, he adores you. Get it? So mercy beats judgment. I think I gave you all the apps. Let's just bask in that last thing I just said, how God absolutely loves us. And let's have whoever's going to play, oh, how he loves you and me. Let's swim in the love of God, right? Let's take a bath in it right now. And then as this happens, confess. I know we've already done our prayer confession. But confess those, those, those tangents where you're saying you believe this, but you're acting like you believe this. Ask God to show you those moments. And ask for a heart transplant for the, your words of belief to match the beliefs that he is transforming inside of you to come out into your life. God has been giving us so many blessings. I don't know about you, but he has to us as a family, Griffiths, but he's also as this church. A couple months ago, a dude named Kip Kip 
for reals. That's his name. Kip Kip runs into Mark Lackey at a funeral. And Kip Kip is an ordained ready pastor, but not working at a church. And he's been serving Presbyterian churches by doing the paperwork to fill out for the government to give, not the PPP loans, but employee retention credits. It's another program that the government is, you know, subsidizing nonprofits. And, um, and he's been doing it at Presbyterian churches around here. He's scheduled a meeting with me. We have coffee at Moon Goat Coffee, delicious coffee place, by the way. I bring it to session. Session says, sure, you can look into it. You can figure out employee retention credit. No skin off our back. And uh, he, he fills out all this paperwork, and we're getting $97,000 from employee retention credit. Is that correct? He just emailed me. He emailed me on Thursday. Yeah, it might be it might be five dollars, <laughs> but I think it's ninety seven thousand dollars. And either way, it's it's God providing. And we got a check this week from Los Ranchos Presbytery, and Marsha's been spinning her wheels trying to figure out what's this for. Are we supposed to do this? It was just a gift. God's giving us stuff. I, I'm. I'm telling you, there's all kinds of spiritual warfare because simultaneously there's all kinds of crazy attacks on our staff and on just people that I know and love, people that you know and love. And it's simultaneously. God is blessing. The evil one isn't very happy at what we're up to. I want to encourage each, each man and woman Jesus says, he talks about two things. He talks about the kingdom of God more than anything else. The second behind that is money. And he also says, as part of his sermons, if you want to see where someone's heart, where they actually believe, the fastest way is to look at how they spend money. And I'm saying to you, men and women, you are spending money on kingdom stuff when you're tithing and offering and I'm extremely proud to serve with you and I'm you guys are faithful and so if I could pat you on the back without everyone having a crazy COVID attack (laughs) I would Um, all I have to say that's a second sermon that one's a freebie continue to give with joyful hearts and now it's the time in the morning where we give our tithes and our offerings back to God. And for those of you at home listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. And also, if you want to give your gifts, um, send them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. God be praised. Tithes and offerings are now received.
David, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O God, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. And it is to that God now that we come in prayer. Pray with me. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. 
Fill our hearts with your self-giving love that our voices may speak your praise and our lives may conform to the image of your Son. Be with this session as they meet this week. Guide their actions and decisions that they may serve the common good and witness to your love and grace. Eternal God, you sent Jesus Christ to break down walls of hostility that divide us. Send peace on earth, we pray. Tensions between Russia and the Ukraine are increasing. We pray that diplomatic talks may de-escalate the threats, and we pray for wisdom for all leaders and negotiators. O God, whom we cannot love unless we love our neighbors, remove hate and prejudice from us and from all people so that all your children may be reconciled and live in peace. We pray for our communities and the many episodes of violence we hear of so frequently. Protect the innocent. Heal our land, we pray. Merciful God, you bear the pain of the world. Look with compassion on those who are sick. Cheer them by your word and bring healing as a sign of your grace. Be with Kay Deer as she recovers from another surgery and hospital stay this week. Give her healing and renewed strength. With her, we give thanks for the gift of family who respond and help where needed. We continue to pray for healing, healing for Patty Ernest as the chemo is doing its work of destroying cancer cells. We pray for the success of the surgery to come, and we pray that all signs of cancer be removed from her body. And we give thanks for the wonders of modern medicine. We lift up to you our friend Elizabeth Van Doren as she recovers in the rehab facility. Give her stamina for the therapy, a positive outlook, healing of her body, and relief from pain. We continue to pray for Keith Coslin that you heal him in body, mind, and spirit. And we pray for the Jarjur's cousin, Rita, after surgery for a major brain tumor. And the doctors are saying he needs a miracle. And we dare ask for that miracle. It seems that we all know individuals and families who are dealing with COVID, some for a second time. We pray that they will soon recover and get back to their normal lives and remain well. We pray for all the vulnerable that you will put your protecting hand around them and keep them safe. We pray that this virus can be brought under control. And we pray for the many health care workers who are working long, stress-filled days trying to help the sick. Renew their energy and their commitment. God of comfort, stand with those who sorrow, especially the family of Harriet Steinhaus Dick. Give them assurance that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come 
can separate them from your love. Give them peace, we pray. God of compassion, bless us and those we love, our friends and families, that drawing close to you, we may be drawn closer to each other. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for singing of the final hymn.
Yeah. I want you to hear that for you first. You may feel judged. You may feel like you're not enough. Not true God dies. His mercy triumphs all judgments of everyone else. And then as we live in that mercy, may we be a people that follow our King Jesus, dispensing mercy like there's a big judgment fire all around here, and we are that foam stuff that comes out of fire, fire sandwich. Right? <laughs> anyway, that's the, that's the tail end of the sermon. first sermon. But for now, let's receive this morning's benediction. And I'm so thrilled to be back this week. But for now, receive this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard you. And may the peace of Christ, the shalom, the wholeness, the completeness of God, which passes all understanding in Jesus Christ, be with you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Amen.